Welcome to Two Monicas in a Microphone, where we have another episode in this season series installment on fairy tales. Today, we're going to take another peek at origin stories, but this time they aren't all make-believe. The fairy tales we're going to explore today were based, in part, on real-life people and events. Monica, believe it or not, there are actually a couple of fairy tales that are based on true stories. And I just can't tell you, that seems unreal to me. I agree. It's all imagination. Right? You would think that for sure. Now, the two that I'm going to go over today are Snow White and... Beauty and the Beast, which shout out to Beauty and the Beast, which inspired probably this entire series that we are doing. They do try to say that Rapunzel was based off of the true story, but the story was super lame and I'm just, you can go Google it and spend 30 seconds reading it. All right, let's begin with one of my favorites, Snow White. As far as Snow White goes, I absolutely love this movie. I love them all. Again, very hard to pick a favorite. Snow White, she's so sweet. She's so kind. All of the birds and the Bambies, (laughs) they all want to be her friend. The Grand Brothers, they adapted this tale, and it is believed to be an original story passed down orally since the Middle Ages. What's really interesting to me, Monica, is that there are possibly two women who could have contributed to the true story of Snow White, and I call it a story of two countesses and two Phillips. Do they have a horse named Samson? That's what everyone wants to know. Dang it. The horse did not come up in this. I did not get the answer to that question. I'm just partial to the name. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know you are. So the first one would be Marguerite von Waldeck. It's German. So in 1994, a German historian decided that he discovered the true story of Snow White. And it was based on the life of this Marguerite. And she was a German countess born in 1533 to Philip IV. So this story is 300 years before Grimm. So this person living was 300 years before they Mm -hmm. were writing their books. There's key elements of the Snow White story and we're gonna look at Marguerite's life and see if any of them are true evil stepmother, right? That's a huge, huge part of the Snow White story is that evil stepmother, right? Mm -hmm. Well, Marguerite at the age of 16 was forced by her stepmother to move away. So clearly evil stepmother. Was there a prince? Yes, actually there was Prince Philip II of Spain. Oh, and she really fell in love with him. Yeah, she really did fall in love with him. So there really was a prince in Philip. But was she poisoned? So she mysteriously died at the age of 21 and apparently she was poisoned. Wow. (laughs) Now they say it was the king of Spain who didn't like that he married his son. Who knows? All we care about is that she was poisoned. Mm -hmm. But was she poisoned with a poisoned apple? What do you think? I'm going to say it's probably got a kernel of truth, but maybe didn't happen exactly that way. Yeah. So... This historian, this German historian, thinks that really that part of the story came from an actual event that did happen, where a German man was arrested for giving poison apples to children who he thought were stealing his fruit. So like with many of the fairy tales, 
several stories come into play to make one big one. And so that would be part of the poison apple. All right, so what's the other really, really big thing with Snow White? And the Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Marguerite's father owned several copper mines, and these copper mines employed children as quasi-slaves. I once again yeah. the children. Yeah, but this They're is real work. life. I real know. life. Yeah, so the the conditions were really poor in these copper mines, and if the children did survive, they were usually severely stunted in growth and had deformed limbs because they had malnutrition and hard physical labor. That's so wow. sad, I can't even tell you. Yeah, and so as a result, they were actually referred to as the poor dwarfs. So this sounds very much like the Snow White story, at least elements of it right now. Right. So I was like, yeah, dude, 1994, you discovered Snow White. Got it. Awesome. Well, I think there's actually a more likely story. All right. So Monica, there is yet another story, right? Yes. That could be linked to Snow White. Yes. And I think it's more likely who inspired the Grimm brothers. Now that is one thing about Snow White. I researched and researched again. That is just, you know, going on the internet. (laughs) I didn't go to any libraries, but I don't see a version of Peralt Snow White. Now there is a Snow White and Briar Rose, maybe I believe who were sisters, but this particular story of Snow White, I don't really see from Peralt. And it seems as if it was crafted by the Grimm brothers and they are the originators of it. I really could not find anything that would suggest otherwise. Okay. So I did find a 179 page document as I shared with you. It might have been in that, but not going to lie. I did not read that. (laughs) Although it did look really intriguing, but no, I don't have that kind of time. So I think this is the more likely story of who the Grimm brothers were thinking of when they wrote Snow White. Now I would say that the person before that we talked about Marguerite, I think that some of maybe what happened to her could have permeated into the oral history mm-hmm. and also come into play. Uh, but I don't really think that's who they were thinking of. And, and I'll explain why. There was a woman named Maria Sophia von Erthel. She is also German. They lived 60 miles north of her village, which was the village of Lohr. And they actually lived at the same time she did. They probably lived, you know, an accumulation of 20 years together. So I would say that her history would probably be more available to them. She's not necessarily contemporary. Her story could have already been out there. So she was also a daughter of someone named Prince Philip. (laughs) So I don't know. Prince Philip comes up twice in this uh, and actually three times. There's three different Phillips in this. And his wife is a baroness, which makes her a countess. So there's actually in Bavaria, a museum that has put her gravestone in and they just pretty much are like, she's the true Snow White. That's what they say. So, I mean, they're really all in on this, all in. So like I said, the story before with Marguerite, that was 300 years before Brothers Grimm. And whereas Maria was born 87 years before the Brothers Grimm. So okay. I just feel like, do you see what I'm saying? Like, you just yeah, feel like so it's, it's 
a little closer to what could be actually true. Correct. So Maria Sophia, she lived a long life and she was really well known for being helpful to children in need. And I think that goes back to the very sweet Snow White that I mentioned earlier. Someone who's just so, so sweet. Let's talk a little bit about how he did with the other one. Okay. What are the elements in her life though? I mean, was she just sweet and had black hair? Which by the way, why don't you scroll to the bottom here and look at the picture. Oh, so she's got dark hair, dark eyes, and super pale skin, much like the Snow White that we know in the Disney classic. Evil stepmother. That's a huge element. So did she have an evil stepmother? According to the rumors, she had a stepmother and her stepmother did not like her stepchildren. If that was from a journal where she wrote, I can't stand these little brats. I don't know where they got that, but (laughs) that's the rumor out there. The cooks and the maids that were listening (laughs) to her complain. Ooh, and it was in their journals. I like this idea. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, what about a talking mirror? Is that real? Yes. What? Yeah. So the castle where they lived is now a museum and they actually have a talking mirror that hung in their household and it was an acoustical toy that could speak, which actually sounds soups creepy. So creepy. Although I want a talking mirror now. So when I leave the house and I'm like, mirror, mirror on the wall, can I leave the house today? You know, because I'm and, like actually yeah. dressed, right? Not yes. in yoga pants. And, and the mirror would always say yes. Yeah, you're not okay. just trying to compare yourself. You're just wanting affirmation. That's it's right. a mirror of affirmation. There's also another part about the mirror is that her father actually owned a mirror factory. Oh. And a mirror also hung in their house that was inscribed with the French phrase for the word pride. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I can just see how all this came into play. Uh, Why in the world the Grimm brothers would known about this talking mirror? I don't know, but that's right. But what about the dwarves? Where do they come into play in this Sophia version? All right. So in this version, Lore was just west of a mining town that was, quote, set among seven mountains. Oh. Seven dwarfs. Seven dwarfs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the small tunnels, much like the other with Marguerite, they could only be accessed by very short miners. I love how here they're like very short miners, possibly children. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. But right. it is in a, it is 300 years later. So maybe it is short adults. And they actually wore bright hoods which if you think about uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah they've got those anyway pointy so, hats mm-hmm. and the pointy hats right so that's another one that comes into play so you got the dwarves evil stepmother you've even got the mirror now you even have a glass coffin because in that area they made glass coffins and other glass works. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I mean, I think all the pieces are falling into place. I agree. Now, some people like to say that the poisoned apple had to do with the abundance of nightshade that grew in lore, but I would like to say that 
if we know anything, just even in this very superficial way that we've gone over the Grimm brothers, I bet that they had in the back of their head that story about the old man. Probably. I mean, because that's the type of story that travels from town to town, right? Exactly. Oh, for sure. And that's a super creepy story. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I would say in conclusion for me that Snow White was most likely inspired by Maria Sophia, but I can see how the story of Marguerite could have crept in to the Grimm brothers. And it's not like it's, it's not like Snow White is a biography, right? It's a fairy right. tale. It's, it's a fairy tale. <laughs> I did want to make one note though, because I want to be silly. So if okay. you give me a moment <laughs> to do that. So Prince Philip is brought up in both versions. And I was like, what is going on here? Is there some hanky panky? Because I think that anyone who is a sleeping beauty fan knows that Prince Philip belongs to her. But, but, but Philip, I mean, in all honesty, it's very common, regular name. Oh, absolutely. I just think that it's funny Across because Europe. in, yeah, in Disney's Snow White, it's only known as the prince. And so I think that quite possibly, and this is my hypothesis is that Snow White and Sleeping Beauty are the same woman. Scandalous, scandalous. Monica, I think you need to write a 149 page research paper on that. I do. I do. (laughs) I would like to do something that we did with the other fairy tales. Now this is based on a true story, if you will, but I would like to see the key differences between the Brothers Grimm and the fairy tale we know and love. All right. Let's talk about some of those differences. Okay, so I know the Brothers Grimm kind of get a bad rap, and you did compare them to Tim Burton, which I do agree with. I mean, I do think they took some dark twists with Mm -hmm. some stories for sure. But they actually, with the story of Snow White, and they did something that I would say is the opposite, a little bit like what they did with Sleeping Beauty. So they, they didn't go back to the very sinister. So the original story of Snow White, it was a jealous mother. A jealous mother? What? Yeah. So that's how the brother Grimm originally wrote it, right? I told you they're kind of the origin story here. Yeah. They're the originators of the story, but they went, so that was in 1812. They actually went back and did a self edit and made it the stepmother in 1819. So it being the actual mother was a little too dark and twisty for them. Right. So I guess they do have boundaries. (laughs) Hey, parent friends. Monica and I want to take a break and ask you a few questions. Do you struggle to get your children to listen? Uh Uh-huh. Do you desire your home to be a place of peace, not stress? Yes. Do you feel like everyone else has it figured out but you? Who doesn't feel this way? I don't know because I definitely feel this way at least once a week. But Monica, we're not here to talk about another episode. We're here to tell our friends about a great resource, Kristen Schmoke, Parent Coach. She does live online coaching for overwhelmed parents who are looking to create harmony in the home. I've read her reviews and she's incredible. Monica, you've used her before, right? I have. You and I have laughed together over the last 18 months about my struggles as a parent of two small kids. It felt like I had been underwater for a couple of years dealing with their emotions when Kristen came back into my life. I had no idea I was doing things backwards by trying to teach them to calm down in the middle of a meltdown. So the next time I became frustrated, I reached out to her. 
She's so calm and reassuring and really knows a lot about communication and kids, thanks to her training as an early education teacher and as a mom of four herself. During our session, she helped me understand the behavior I found frustrating was probably just a reaction to all the change we had in 2021. I took her advice, took a deep breath, and didn't focus on the behavior, and our issue is improving. That's incredible. I love it. I don't know if you know this, but I've reached out to Kristen before as well when I've needed help with Lillian's middle school drama, and she's been amazing. Friends, if you'd like to check out what Kristen has to offer and learn more about her coaching and how it can improve your family life, please go to kristenschmokecoaching.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-S-C-H-M-O-K-E coaching.com. You can also find the link in this episode's notes. Check out her reviews and book a free coaching call and start becoming the parent you've always wanted to be. Now back to the show. So I can't believe I'm reading here the notes and the queen asks for her lungs and her heart. No, her lungs. Her lungs and her liver. Yeah, not her heart, right? And did you read on to see why she wanted them? I'm reading right now. The queen asks for her lungs and liver, not for her heart. Correct. Because why, Monica, as Logan would say, because why? She wants to eat them. Yeah. Ew. Cannibal. I don't know. Maybe she thought she could enchant them. I'm not really sure, but gross. That Yes, for sure. So it wasn't just for proof. Now in the story that we know in the end, Snow White is tricked by a poison apple. Yes. And that's how she falls into the coma. In the original story, she must be a -a ding-a-ling because the queen visits Snow White three times, three times. And she falls for it every single time. I would think after the second time a stranger comes to your little shed in the woods that you don't (laughs) take their gifts. It's a blonde yeah, moment. It's a blonde moment. As we know, she was not blonde. Yeah. So I don't I don't know what was going on with her, but she was a little dippy. Um, but the dwarves actually save her all of the other times until the final time when the prince meets her. But he doesn't meet her until she has passed away. It's actually not true love's kiss that saves her. What it's, saves her if it's not true it's love's like, kiss? The Heimlich maneuver. Oh, the prince stumbles upon her. He's like, oh, look at this sleeping beauty. That's why I say, you know, hey, he's like, oh, look at this sleeping, gorgeous princess. I want to take her back home with me. I do not know what his intentions were. But when he gets back home, he asks his servants to remove the glass coffin and like her body falls out and it... (laughs) And it dislodges the piece of apple that was stuck in her throat. And then she wakes up. Yeah. Uh, okay. And yeah. I'm, I'm reading further down here that the queen dies by dancing in hot shoes. How is that even possible? I don't know how it is possible, <laughs> but they put some shoes on a fire and then they make her dance in them till she dies. Oh. Yeah. Which is less or more. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's worse than how she dies because I think she gets thrown off a cliff and a boulder smashed on her head in the Disney version. It's a little dramatic. It's a little dramatic. So there have been other adaptations of Snow White. I don't know if you saw this and this is how I describe it. The Huntsman starring Thor and Bella from Twilight. I, so did. I don't know I if you saw that. thinking about that adaptation. I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the cook who wouldn't cook the children. 
Yes, he is very much like that. Absolutely. He just, weird. He couldn't kill this kid. Oh, well, and that's the other thing. She's only seven years old. I don't know. She must age as she's in the coffin. Or maybe she ages over time with the dwarves, right? You know, I don't know. But originally, when he's supposed to kill her, she's only seven. So then there's Snow White, A Tale of Terror from 1997. And the only reason I'm bringing this one up is because one, it's from the 90s. And two, it has Sigourney Weaver in it. Okay, I'm going to have to look that one up. It says, in this dark take on the fairy tale, the growing hatred of a noblewoman secretly a practitioner of the dark arts for her stepdaughter and the witch's horrifying attempts to kill her. I mean, it really could just be the actual story. <laughs> but if you look, it's the pictures are kind of funny of I have no idea what this gremlin goblin thing is on there. But so that's one I thought, well, oh, Sigourney Weaver. And then and it looks then, like Disney's Ma- gonna come out with a live action Snow White. Yes, and I freaked out because Gal Gadot is going to play the evil queen. Oh, I freaked out. And as you know, so I called good. you. Yes, you did. Yeah, I'm so I am good. so pumped. Yes. I'm sure we could both go on and on and on about that adaptation, but we really need to get to the second story in today's podcast, which is the true story of Beauty and the Beast. So Beauty and the Beast is based off of a true story. There was a man, his name is Petrus Gosselavis, and he was born in 1537, and he had the genetic condition known as hypertrichosis. That is when you have hair growing all over your body. So he suffered from that syndrome, and his life is pretty sad, to be honest with you. So I'm going to go through it much like I did the one before. So is he a beast? Well, no, but people treated him like one. He was actually captured and then all he was able to eat was raw meat and animal feed and he was put in an iron cage. Oh, that's so tragic. It is. So eventually he was shipped to King Henry II of France as a gift because he was not a human according to the people who shipped him there. However, King Henry did not see him as a wild animal. In fact, he saw him more as a human. I don't know if he saw him as fully human. Petrus was given dignity in a nobleman's education by the king. That explains why in the Disney version, he has the huge library, right? Yes, absolutely. You're so correct about that because he would have been well-educated. He wasn't a prince, but he was raised by a king. Okay, next question. Did he kidnap Belle? Did Petrus kidnap his wife? (laughs) You know, did he? Mm -hmm. This is where things get really sad and gross again. And this is real life though, (laughs) y'all. This is real life and it makes me so sad. They say truth is stranger than fiction. Eventually the king passed away, I think in a duel or something. It was a battle wound and his wife, the queen inherited Petrus and she was a she wanted to do experiments with Petrus and see if he married a gorgeous woman, if he would breed little beasts. Yeah, so she stole the daughter of one of her servants and forced her to marry Petrus. And this girl, Catherine, did not even know she was marrying Petrus till the day of. 
they were both locked away and they had no choice. She was treated just like him. Now, they had seven children. Yeah, so, so she must have grown to have an affection for him, right? Yeah. I mean, you're put in a situation and, and you do the best with it, I'm guessing. So four of those children also had the condition that he did that caused him to grow hair all over him. So the queen was super excited. She was so pleased with herself and she sold all four of them. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, yeah, but not until she took them on tour and explored them for a while. Very, very awful. It is definitely a sad story, but now we're gonna talk about the fairy tale. The tale was told in 1740 by French novelist. Now this, I have to make note of Monica. Okay, make note. It was a woman writer, which is our first woman writer that we've had with these fairy tales. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So French, yeah, it's super cool. So Gabrielle, Suzanne, Barbo de Villa Nueve. Yes. Yes. She published this in 1740. Then in 1756, Jean-Marie Le Prince de Beaumont retold the story and like a giant she gave no credit to Gabrielle Suzanne for coming up with the story and just tried to play it off mm. as her own. So she usually gets credited as the author oh, of Beauty and the Beast. But you know what? is alive and well. Right. You know what I say to her? Suck it. We are going to make sure that everyone knows French novelist Gabrielle Suzanne Barbeau de Villanueva. I said that weird. Anyway, <laughs> she is the original. That last word was wrong. Anyway, so the big key differences I would say between her story and what we know and love, I don't know if you love it because it sounded like you didn't Mm, earlier, which is sad. I don't know why you would even, why you would say that. Why is it not your favorite? Let's, let's fisticuffs over this. Why make the comment? (laughs) I have never, I just never enjoyed the story. Oh my gosh, there's so much to love about it. I actually loved that Belle was a little strange. She just liked to read. Yes, which was strange because she was an independent thinker and a strong woman, which was not allowed. You need to watch it. I agree. You really need to. Because that was what was really cool about it. And at that age... I really felt connected to her and, and like, I could feel how all the people in the town think you're a weirdo because you don't think exactly like them. And I really resonated with me and her dad is hilarious and cute and funny. And Gaston, her dad is your dad. I am so sorry. He (laughs) is your dad. He is the cutest, smartest dude who loves his daughter and just reminds me of your dad so much. And everyone thinks he's crazy, but he's not crazy at all. I'm not saying everyone thinks (laughs) your dad's crazy, Um, but Uh, everyone thinks he's crazy and he's so cute. I don't know. That's for you to decide. (laughs) Okay. So the key differences there is there's no Gaston. So I don't know why. The Disney formula is. There's not always a sexy, toxic male. Well, yeah, but he wants to be the prince. He right. does want to be He's the, the prince. villain. Yeah, the so villain. he is the villain. You're right. Yeah. So we needed a villain other than the beast because the beast can't be the villain. You're right. I'm glad we figured that one out. Yes. So there's no guest on, but also Belle is not an only child. She actually had five sisters and six brothers. Did they and murder people? No, but the oh, two okay. older sisters wanted her to die by the hand of the beast. Stories. They were really jealous of her because she was absolutely gorgeous, which people were probably must have been super homely back in the day because, you know, pre-makeup, all that people and filters. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's like a lot of emphasis on looks back then, but also she was very well read, which is like the bell in the Disney movies. She was very well read and educated, okay. very smart. So they were jealous of all of her talents. So her father was a ship merchant, not a crazy inventor. And it's basically the same story. Steals Rose, the beast mm -hmm. is like, oh, you have to come here. Oh, never mind. Give me your daughter. But in this version, he's all like, I will kill you and destroy your entire family if you don't give me this girl who's so pretty that you had to steal a rose. Wow. So the dad goes back and he says, hey, like I did this thing. Even though the beast said, you better never tell her what you did. You just send her to me. And the dad couldn't do that, of course. And then mm -hmm. Bella's like, oh my gosh, dad, like I'll go. Don't worry about it. Another thing, there are actually magical furniture servants in the book. That's Some kind of shocking. I haven't had magic aside from Cinderella. Now this is a little different and it's probably because it's written by a woman and not creepy <laughs> Grimm brothers um, or creepy Italian poets who... Ugh. So each night he says, Hey, will you sleep with me? And she's like, no. And he's like, okay. At least he asked. <laughs> At okay. least he asked. <laughs> he didn't wait till she was asleep and then like slink into bed next to her. Gross. Or any other awful yes. thing that could have right. been written yeah. to this when you're talking about a beast for goodness sakes. Right. She gets homesick, much like the Disney movie goes back. You know, it's, it's all so very similar. The only real difference I would say is that her tears are what turns him back into oh. a prince. And then he shares his story. Mm -hmm. Now his story is a little bit different and I'm thankful that Disney, you know, did a little switcheroo here because sure. he actually lost his father at a young age and his mother had to wage war to defend the kingdom. Well, she couldn't take care of her child. So she gave it to a fairy who ended up being evil. And then when the prince came of age, she tried to him and okay, he's like I knew there was gonna be something <laughs> twisted about this whole situation yeah and he's all like uh gross you're my nanny and I don't know <laughs> but that's how I feel it went yeah <laughs> and so when he said that she goes oh well I guess you're gonna be a beast until someone marries you without knowing that you're a prince or intelligent anyway mm. there you go wow can Stories be evil. are just really ruined for me right now. I love it. I think it's great. But then again, at 10 years old, I knew that Cinderella story was not what Disney had given us. I knew there was a dark past. So I'm going to probably put on a movie for my children, a Disney movie. I just need something light and bright in my life right now. Well, then get Tangled. Oh, I love Tangled. Thanks so much for letting us be part of your day, whether that's folding socks, driving to work, or getting in your cardio. We're happy to provide you with some entertainment about nothing serious, seriously. For extended show notes, please head over to our website, twomonicaspodcast.com. That's with the number two. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at twomonicaspodcast and find us on Pinterest at twomonicaspodcast. If you'd like to connect with us directly, email us at 2monicaspodcast at gmail.com. Awesome. That was fun.